Hey everybody, I want to take a second to tell you about Snagit 2022. I don't have time to go into all the details about Snagit 2022, but it has a variety of options for fast and easy to use video creation. It's got new ways to work across devices and platforms with the new cloud library. And your purchase or upgrade includes your first year of maintenance and the newly updated Snagit certification course. With 20 plus videos of Snagit how-tos, certification is a great way to help you speed up your workflows, unlock potential, and get your work done faster. So check out Snagit 2022 today at snagit.com. And now, back to the podcast. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are. My name is Matt Pierce, the learning and video ambassador for TechSmith Corporation. So glad that you're with us today in the Visual Lounge. We have got a great show. I'm really excited about the show, not only because do I get to talk to great people, but because we got some exciting news. News is always good, right? And I did mention at the end of last week's segment that we were going to be launching a, a new segment of the show. It's actually kind of like its whole own new show, part of the Visual Lounge. But today in our episode, we we are going to be talking with Andy Owen and Justin Simon, both from TechSmith, and they are my co-hosts in this endeavor that we're going to be talking about video workflows, and we're going to be giving our advice, our best tips, our answers to questions, and sometimes just even asking questions about things about video to help you guys level up. And this is going to be a little bit different than the things that we do live. Live is great because we get to talk to people. We are providing other types of advice, but this is going to be a pre-recorded segment that we do. And we're going to drop them once a week and we're going to tackle some of those issues that we want to get a little bit deeper on and helping you guys make better video. So we're super excited to be able to talk about this and have everybody with us today. So what we're going to do is we're just going to jump in. Let's go ahead and welcome Andy and Justin back to the Visual Lounge. Hey, guys. Hello, hello. So glad that you're with me today because I, I'm, I am super excited about what we're doing and uh, excited to, to get this out there into the world. So, Justin, I, I know we've talked a lot about this. Why don't you give us a, a little bit of a rundown? I high leveled it, but give us, let's start to go a little bit. Actually, don't, let's back up. Let's not go deep yet. Let's have you guys introduce yourselves because I know you've been on, you've been guests before. We talked about scripting. You can go find that past episode on your favorite podcast player on YouTube. But let's do uh, introductions, get grounded here. I'm just so, so, so excited to get into the content. So Justin, go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Justin Simon. I run our entire content team here. So that, that spans everything from social content to our blog, to our video content, um, the marketing side. So yeah, I run I run our content team, and uh, for this particular new series that we we're looking at, um, for me it was interesting just as somebody who's not a video expert to be able to talk about video and what it takes to make better videos. And I'll, I'll tell you, we recorded the first five episodes already, and I feel like I learned so much just in recording five episodes um, and talking about video. So I'm super excited to uh, continue to have that conversation today. Absolutely. Andy, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, let's see if my internet holds out for this. Uh, I'm Andy Owen, uh, video production specialist lead at TechSmith. Uh, my responsibilities range uh, pretty much anything that covers video that isn't Matt's live shows. Uh, Matt also, you know, hosts the TechSmith Academy, but uh, the video team helped uh, produce a lot of those videos. We do the YouTube channel videos that you see with help content. Uh, lately, I've been in front of the camera for those. Uh, for a long time, I was behind the camera, uh, and a lot of that is because of the current situation, obviously. When things change, I'll be happy to go back behind the in front to uh to teach us more so 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's well worth noting that Andy, you've you've run a business that was around video production. It was a, I mean, wedding, wedding videography business, which I think is important. That gives you a, a huge amount of credibility in my mind, because that's, that's got to be hard work. Yeah, it was it was a lot of work, uh, but I love doing it. Actually, the funny thing is, as much as I love video, I ended up falling in love with weddings too. Who knew? Uh, but yes, as far as like running, you know, teams and having uh, teams of contractors that I worked with, uh, uh, it was it was a big responsibility. And especially, you know, day of a wedding, you've got one shot at getting this right, right? So uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And yeah. I've also, I mean, I should I should also say I've been doing video production for gosh, we're in twenty twenty one now, so it's been oh man, it's been twenty years now. <laughs> Here, that's you know just some experience it's no big deal it just surprises me <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know so grateful you guys are here and i i think the thing that i'm excited about is that as justin you mentioned there's we're able to bring some really different perspectives and it's you mentioned how much you've already learned in the episodes that we've recorded that you may have already heard if you're listening to the podcast or or we can introduce you to starting today if you're watching the live stream the thing is i have also learned and I feel like I know quite a bit about video and it's not just, you know, like Andy's like ex all his expertise, but like I'm learning things from you too, Justin, like the questions that you're asking have been really good. The, the ideas that you're bringing, because mm -hmm. you bring a different perspective. And I, so I think what we're really excited about is be able to help everyone learn these types of things, whatever level you're at is, I think is, is really key. So, um, but obviously learning is a, a big part of this. What else do, can our viewers, listeners expect to, to get out of this, this show as we, as we move forward, do we think? I think for me, it's, it's, I was saying this before the show a little bit, you know, this, this uh, series of videos we've been doing feels like, I mean, yes, I can, I can hold up my phone and record a video and post it to social media. And that's good. That's something you've started. And that is step one, but the series that we're doing is all right. I want to get a little better. I want to do a little better. I want to do a little better. And so what can we do to kind of step up our game uh, to make these videos better, whether it's adding text on screen, which, by the way, is something even Justin, you know, I, I see him doing in his videos now. And that's kind of like, oh, why am I not doing that more often? Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm learning stuff th with this, too. Uh, but, but you know, text on screen, am I centering myself? Am I under the right lights? Like all these things, you know, you can kind of develop over time. You, if you press record and start going, though, you're on the right step already. Yeah, and for from my perspective, it's it's really try. I feel like, you know, in some ways, I'm I'm representative of the of the group of people who've never made a video before. I've made so I've obviously made some, but I'm more on that end. And so I think, like you said, Matt, being able to tease out the questions that somebody who doesn't regularly make videos or understand what that looks like um, from like a composition standpoint and all those things. Um, really, really has been interesting for me. And I've, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot of things ever, ever, everything from lighting, uh, which is funny. If you watch, if you watch or listen to some of those episodes, you know, they critique my, my lighting setup in one of them and how my <laughs> camera looks in one of them. And so, but going through that stuff is really interesting. And you'll see even like Andy, like you've since switched up how your camera looks throughout some of these yeah. just because of that. So I don't know if you want to talk about some of that stuff too, but yeah, I, it's funny. Cause you can, you can watch, I think all three of us met probably the least cause he's been doing these lives for a year now, but, um, but yeah, you can watch the evolution of our, of our backgrounds, of our camera, of our lighting, all of it's changed. Uh, and, and so that's, that's been fun to, 
not only talk about, but like put into action in our own little series, right? Of like, oh, you know what, Justin, here's what could fix some of the light issues that you're having. Uh, here's what could fix the background. Um, you know, for the longest time, Matt would usually not on on the recording, which I appreciate, but my background was cluttered. And I'd be like, you shouldn't have a cluttered background. And he's like, do you want to acknowledge that you're telling people this with a cluttered background and i was like nah it's fine but really like look now i've got four totally accidental books just sitting in my background uh to make me look super smart (laughs) so i think i need to get some books now first of all because that seems to be the theme but you know it was the same thing as you were talking andy earlier on i was thinking that same thing i think the thing that is really critical here is the advice that we're giving is super practical and i think we've all looked at some type of changes that we needed to make. And, you know, whether it was like your background, your lighting, I mean, I, I, you know, I've kind of like got my little sign, like prepped a little bit better, but even, even the things like, if you look at the first episode that we're dropping versus what we did, we recorded yesterday, the difference in like the, the template that we're using, the kind of the approach, Mm -hmm. the, uh, even the, like the edit, because we do a little bit of editing, not a lot, but like the, like, I think it's just, it's been really good to go through that editor process and say like, how do we start? How do we basically follow the advice of Brian Fanzo, who's been a guest on the show and push the damn button and just do it. Right. But then move Mm -hmm. on and say like, well, how do we make this a little bit better? Like what's the one thing we could change tomorrow to make this a more interesting, more relevant, more engaging, more, you know, polished looking produced show without adding a lot of work. Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think one of the things I like about that is he's just saying like, right, press the damn button. His point is get yourself started. And that's what we were saying earlier, right? Is like, just, just starting is key one. And then, all right, level up from there. Um, I mean, even, you know, I had, uh, these can lights, which are just like basement lights, right? Everyone has kind of their own different lighting. I have recessed lights in this room. Um, and for some reason with my webcam before you'll notice in some of the early episodes, my color starts shifting and my light starts flickering and nothing was changing in my environment. I was sitting here looking fine, but I had a, I had a, you know, cheap webcam and, and, bad lights. And, uh, it's funny how what we see as being fine in real life doesn't translate on camera. And so little tweaks here and there fix. Yeah. And I think that that's the fun thing about this particular series is we're really going at it from this idea of things to try to help you, um, get a workflow that works for you, whatever you're trying to make, right? Like if you are consistently making tutorial videos, we want to be able to help you create a workflow that gets you to the point where you're being able to make those pretty consistently. Same if you're making social media videos, we want to be able to get you to a point where you can consistently churn those out in a way that isn't, you're not having to recreate the wheel every single time. That was my Mm -hmm. biggest thing when we, that's why we titled the, the thing video workflows. The idea is to try to help you set up a process to where you're not having to recreate the wheel and rethink of things every single time you sit down to make a video. That's even one of those things that Justin's taught me that I've I've learned from a ton. It's just the fact that like I always, you know, as the quote unquote creative, you know, video guy, like I feel like, no, every time I should be doing something that's unique and that's captivating. And but if I'm producing this much content, then that just slows down the process. That's my bottleneck. And so yeah, it's even just hearing like templatize this for this style. Now, if you want to shift it, fine, do something different. But if I'm producing nine videos of this series, there should be quite a bit of templatizing going on. 
So, so, so let me ask you this guys, cause I, and, and I, and I'm happy to answer the, my questions too, cause I'm as much as part of this as you are, but I'm curious as you, as you've gone through, we've gone through this process, we've recorded what seven of these episodes are already ready to go. We're going to be, we're going to be releasing them here, uh, as, you know, week by week. Is there something that you, you've learned about speed or about going faster that you were surprised because I don't know that I would have forget if you would have said to me a year ago, Hey, we're going to make seven episodes in three weeks, a half an hour show. They're going to be fairly polished. Uh, you know, I would probably be like, <laughs> no way we can't do that. So is there something that you've learned already in this process that you think people listening could take away from what we're experiencing and been doing? I mean, for me, it's that, that curse of perfection and, 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 when as soon as you can let that go you can start actually doing things right like i think that's the fun thing about this particular series and you it's sort of inside baseball but when you um you can watch all the ep- i mean the first five right now if you go to techsmith.com slash video workflow you can watch those um first five episodes and you'll see each one of them progressively get different and you'll see the first one isn't nearly as good as the fifth one and the fifth one won't be as good as the 10th one. And so it's just continue continuing to level up. But if we would have started with this idea of like, okay, we got to get this perfect. We got to get all these layouts, right. We got to get how, how we're Mm -hmm. talking about this just perfectly. Right. It it would have crippled us and we would have never gotten it out. Instead, what we did was we literally laid out a few bullet points and we're like, we're going to just have a conversation about it and see where it goes. Yeah, I'm I'm very reminded of the episode we recorded, and I don't remember which one it was, where suddenly there was a knock at the door right next to me. And old Andy would have been like, cut, we're stopping. I mean, we're not going live with these. We very easily could have said, let's stop, let's do it. But we were in a flow, like we were wrapping up at that point. And it's like, no, let's just finish it. People get that this is what this is. You know, we're having these conversations uh, and we're not editing them together. We're not, you know, producing them, so to speak. Like they're really raw conversations in the moment. Um, And so old Andy would have been like, nope, either start over or let's go start from there and and go at it again. But you guys agreed. Nope, we're good. Let's just let's just push it. It's fine. Um, And I think that was one of those things where when Justin says, like, set perfection aside, he's not kidding. (laughs) Like That was that was a tough one for me. The thing I'll add to, though, real quick on that, because I we did we did put thought behind it. Right. We didn't go completely in with no idea of what the series would be about or what topics we would cover. Um, So I I do want to say that as we talk about uh, a video series about planning and some others, those things are important. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. But we didn't we didn't like script out what we were going to talk about. It was it was these topics and a few key ideas that we just to keep us on pace. So that's the thing I would say, like you do need to do a little bit of work ahead of time, but not nearly as much as you might think. Well, I think the other thing that we did that I I, I think this is a lesson for everybody is, and uh, I've got one really specific example where we broke it, is that like we put very strict parameters, right? We said episodes are no longer, can't we don't want them to run longer than 30 minutes, so we're constrained. 
We're not going to do a second take. We're not going to, you know, like we try to box it in and say, wait, we're going to spend it. We're going to put an hour meeting on our calendar. We've got 10, 15 minutes for prep. We're going to record for 30 minutes and it's kind of the wrap up. Right. And I think a couple of times we were chatting. So it went a little bit longer, but that was more because we were chatting. And only one time did we, I think we've broken the rule about no second takes. And it was like, we started the intro music. <laughs> I came in and I just knew I screwed up so badly. And I'm like, nope. I'm and just I glad it right was you, Matt. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Me right too. back, came back in and just, we, but we like, it, it was like, yes, it was a misstep, but like, we just, we just kind of still flowed with it and like, just redid it. Cause it was, it was pretty, pretty bad. But I, I like the idea of like, especially when you're starting doing these time boxes and thinking about like, what are the parameters I'm going to allow myself? Because the one thing I think Andy and I have both been sucked into before and Justin, maybe you have too, but I am probably less likely is projects, video projects can they can literally absorb all the time that you have and you can mm -hmm. spend more time than you have giving and giving and giving and changing and tweaking and, and redoing. And eventually it's gotta, you gotta say it's done. Andy, isn't it like yep. uh, video editors will say a, a video is never done. It's only, you're, you're, you know, no, it's never complete. It's only like it's met its deadline. You got to turn it in it's, or something it's like finished. that. Yeah, I was going to say it's, it's not that it's done. It's that it's due. Um, and so here it is. Uh, I don't think I've ever considered anything that I've produced and delivered on more 95% unless it was like a personal project with no deadline and I could spend all the live long day on it. But, but that's never the case, right? Like we have other things we need to get to. Um, but I think one of the things I like about this series is we're trying to help people think about that and, and think about like, all right, well, there's things we can do to mitigate for that. There's ways to stay organized. There's way to, you know, script, but again, not start the script from, from the beginning. Every time we talk about templates for that, we talk about, uh, I talked about asset management and folder structures and how, you know, you can best stay organized. And, and these are the things that like get us at least to a starting point where we feel like we've got everything contained and we can move forward. Um, whether we're talking about post-production and it's like, well, I need someone to take a look at this, man, I've gotten stuck in review hell before, right? Where like, I, I send it out for review. It comes back. I send it out for review. It comes back. But at a certain point, like, are we just not going to release this if it's not done or are we going to move on to the next thing now? So, um, and I think with this series, you know, for us recording these, it's been super helpful to just say, Hey, there's a knock on your door and you got to go get it, go get it. But the episode's over. <laughs> like, this, is, <laughs> this is how it is. Mandy asked the question, how do we meet expectations of video consumers today in times of real-time apps? So which, which advice do you have? So here's the thing, like, as we're talking about video workflows, we're talking about making pre-canned, you know, made on-demand videos, but there's a lot of like, obviously you could use Zoom, you could use Google Meet, you could use whatever tool you're using, everything could be real-time. So I, I, I'm guessing, Amanda, you can let us know in the chat if, if I'm off target here, but like, how do you how do you make sure that your videos and what you're doing is going to be satisfactory? For me, I think it probably comes down to the intent and the purpose of the video. Um, and that, again, if I'm understanding it right, which I, I, I may not be, but if you're going with the sole intent to help somebody and to provide quality information, for me, the information is always going to be of a higher priority than the quality of the video. So if I were you, rather than focusing on what your video looks like necessarily um, and, and, and how 
you know, technical it has to be or all of those things, I would worry first about what information you're trying to share and make sure that's top notch. Because if your um, content is relevant and your content is interesting, um, then people will pay attention. Um, they'll give you the benefit of the doubt in terms of quality as long as it sounds good um, and, and they can understand and are interested in what you're saying. Yeah. And I think this is one of those topics that we've talked about a couple of times and it's, you know, I can put out a video all the live long day promoting a product and I can be really proud of that product, but I'm talking about me. And I don't know how often you want to watch a video of someone else talking about something they're proud of, of themselves. And I mean, it happens like, yeah, we have friends and we have family, but if you're just watching a company talk about themselves all the time, is that good content? Like the content we find that plays the best on social media, because I think it is the best is help content, right? Like how can we help you solve your problem? So first there's your content is all right. What, what problem am I, am I solving? Um, and then now we can talk about the video. Once you've made, you know, your goal and your, your video plan, uh, then it's time to talk about, tools to use. And I think, you know, Matt said it best in one of our conversations, actually, I shouldn't, I shouldn't give it away too much, Matt, you want to talk about like, uh, Hey, Matt, what camera should I use? See, I'll, I'll <laughs> plug it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know if you really want to say what camera you use, but <laughs> no, you're uh, here's, here's the thing that I was thinking uh, as you guys were talking about this is that real time is good. I think there's a lot of benefit in real time. Like obviously we're doing something live right now, but I can't do it all the time. I can't be live all every hour, every day, I, I, you know, time zones. I've got to sleep. I've got to eat. I've got family, you know, like, and so I think the thing is like real time has its place, but it should have a purpose that's, that's probably different than what you're making these other videos for, because otherwise, like, what are you going to do when your customer wants to meet at two in the morning? Do you get up for them? Or do mm -hmm. you, or do you want to provide it? Like, what if they're stuck at two in the morning with a, like, how do I do this? Or what if you know that your audience is, you know, uh, all the way across the world and all of a sudden like your schedules aren't ever going to match up very well. So I think the thing to think about is like, have purposes for each of them, use them strategically and don't just think about like, oh, I could just do live for everything. Cause you can't, you really, mm -hmm. really can't. I think, think about it as like, when are the, when is it advantageous to be live versus have a pre-recorded? If I have a repeatable message that I want to do over and over, I want everyone to get to that same kind of consensus of that. This is the message here, the same words all the way, record your video. If, if you're like, you know, you want some spontane spontaneity, you want some interaction that's maybe a little, I mean, we could have pre-recorded this. This didn't have to be live. We're doing it because we want right. to generate with our audience real-time conversation. And we can't do that when we're pre-recorded. That's the one thing I'd say about the upcoming episodes that we're going to be dropping that like, you don't get to ask us questions at that point. And so maybe at some point we'll mm -hmm. go and do a lot, another live and we'll gather questions and stuff like that. But like, if you've got a question about the episode we did about not, you know, better audio without the, changing your microphone. Well, guess what? You have to write us, I guess, send <laughs> us a tweet because yeah. we can't answer. We can't go back and do it. So I think there's different times and places <laughs> for that. So, uh, you know, we got some really great questions. I'm trying to keep track of everything going on here, but uh, <laughs> let's, let's do them. Let's do some more. So, yeah. so I do want to yeah. uh, just call it Lafayette is asking us how old TechSmith was. And I, I mentioned 30 years and said, was there even electricity back then guys? I've been here for a long time. I've been here the full 30. I can tell you that much. Uh, let's see. We've got, um, let's see the next question. Where's, where'd it go? Oh, I know Roger, Roger Wells was asking about our equipment. 
And I think it's a valuable mm. question. Like, are we all using the same equipment? And I said, no. Uh, so just want to give a quick gear rundown of what we are using. Just camera, microphone, anything else that you think is important real quick. Justin, sure, go I can ahead. Start with that one. Oh, Justin, oh, Andy, go ahead. Andy, go for it. You're up. I'm up now. Here we go. Uh, so right now I've got a, so mine's a DSLR because, you know, video guy. So I'm going to nerd it out a little bit. Uh, so I have a, a Panasonic GH5 uh, camera with uh, a Canon you know, lens, it's a 24 to 70 lens. I don't know who cares about that much stuff, but that's what I'm using. I have an HDMI cable that's going into a uh, Elgato Cam Link adapter so that it can go into the computer. I've got a ring light around it right now. I've got a little uh, Felix light behind me just lighting up the wall. Uh, and I've got a, a Blue Yeti microphone here that uh, I love the quality of the Blue Yeti microphone. So that's what I've uh, been using. Yeah. Justin. Yeah, so I'm actually using an old iPhone as my webcam. And I also have a Logitech that I've used in the past. Um, both work really, really well. And, you know, an old iPhone's free, a little bit of software to help tie it in. I'm using uh, Camo Studio to make that sort of work with computer. Um, a Logitech works just as well. And I've used that for a lot of our recordings. Um, my microphone is also a blue. It's a Yeti Nano. So it's the condensed, smaller, cheaper version of the one Andy's using. Um, it's got almost all the same features. And honestly, if I were to redo it, I'd probably get the one Andy's using because it was only, I mean, maybe 20 bucks more. It gives you a, mm -hmm. a little bit more control on stuff. But this one is a lot lighter and a lot smaller. So it's easier to piece together. So yeah, basically all I'm using for me anyway is just an old iPhone and uh, a secondary mic. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, so mine's a little bit of a different setup. I've got an a Sony a6400 camera with a, uh, it's a 16 millimeter lens, but it acts like a 32 millimeter lens. I've got a shotgun microphone just off screen above me. So that's a, kind of one difference that it gives me a little bit clearance here. Uh, it's a Audio-Technica AT875R or something like that. They, they named it really cleverly. So it's <laughs> easy to remember. Um, and then... Yeah. I think one thing Roger was asking about, all of us have headphones in, but we're just using that for listening purposes because it yeah. clears off the wires, which I'm sure I would get tangled in if I was like Justin, but also just terrible. <laughs> it just removes uh, the echo so we doesn't, our microphones don't pick it up. So that's kind of the gear. Um, you know, we did have a question. Eric was asking, when are we going to talk about video workflow? So we should do that. But I also want to just <laughs> tell everybody, the reason we call this video workflow is we just dropped new episodes of... Uh, basically a series within a series within the visual lounge. I'm putting the link in the chat and all the different places. You guys can go check out uh, the episodes. I think we've got five episodes out there right now. They'll be in the podcast. If you're listening live, uh, they're, they're going to be dropping week by week. So they'll just appear in your podcast feed, wherever you listen to podcasts, go subscribe to the visual lounge. Um, but I think and it's, on it's, YouTube. And on YouTube, they'll be there as well. So we'll have them in all the different places. A couple other questions I want to make sure we get to here. Dan Nunez on Facebook says, I have a difficult time compromising when it comes to my video projects. Where do you refuse to settle in terms of your standards? What have you learned to accept in order to hit timeline? I think we talked mm. a little bit about those things, but any, any limits here of things that you refuse to settle on? I can't slink off camera right now, but I really want to because I'm just like, <laughs> man, that's a tough question to answer. Because, yeah, like I said, no videos ever done 
to a video editor. Like that's like asking an artist when they're done with their painting. I mean, it's just, you can keep going and keep going and keep going. And at a certain point, you're just like, Ugh, I probably should have stopped. That's when you should have stopped is like right before that point. But to, to quantify that, um, I think, again, Justin said it before, the content has to be good. So mm-hmm. if you're telling a story that makes sense, all right, you're already in a good spot. Now, if you have the time and you can touch up, you know, a, a solid intro, a solid outro, um, maybe some lower thirds graphics, maybe some animations. If you have time for all that and the ability to do it, great, do it. But I think the places you let go are the places that your viewers don't care about. Like your content has to be good. So if if you're like, but I've got this really cool graphic I'm excited about, but they'll never know about if you don't add it in, are you losing anything or are you just bummed that you didn't get to make this cool thing? So like, it's, it's a lot of judgment mm-hmm. calls really. I was going to say, don't slack on your audience. So if you're mm-hmm. going to, and what I mean by that is basically what Andy, what you just said, right? Like if there are things that at the end of the day, don't help your audience uh, achieve success by watching your video and success, if you're making say an entertainment video is making them entertained um, right. and making them laugh and making them have a good time and sort of get uh, out uh, out of themselves for five minutes during the day. If you're doing things that meet your needs and make your creative needs met, but don't help them, then then you're off. So I would say yep. don't slack on your audience. Don't slack on um, the things that are important to them. And like to Andy's point, once you get your solid core done and your story done and what you're trying to communicate, then you can add the peripherals. Then you can add the things that um, might stretch your creativity a bit, but always with the focus um, on the audience. Yeah, and yeah. I would even jump in to say, our, sorry, uh, our our editor's first cut that we ask for is always a narrative edit because, like, I don't want them wasting their time on graphics and animations if, like, if we're going to rebuild the story a little bit. So when I first see it's got no graphics, it's just a rough edit of the actual, like, audio. And if everything tells the story well, then they can jump in and start doing the other stuff. But, like, there's no point in editing if we're going to take a whole bunch of stuff out later. You know, that's just a waste of time. So we do a, our narrative rough structure first. And then uh, we know we've got good content, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, so I, I was thinking about this, and I like your answers. Uh, here's here's the thing: I feel like there are very few sacred things in video, right? Like we see, and I say that, and I meaning that there's so many things that have changed in the last mm-hmm. decade, right? Like I remember being on the bandwagon of saying, "Never do vertical video." Yep. And now, like, if you want to go on a lot of mediums, you want to go on Instagram, you want to go on TikTok, you want to do some of these things, even YouTube shorts now, it's like you you do yeah. vertical video. And so I think the challenge becomes is like, what's what's acceptable? It's And I think it goes to your answer, Justin, about audience. Like, what's acceptable to them? And stop, like, my dream is a pie in the sky. I want everything to look really awesome and amazing. But what does my audience really need and what what's going to make them do whatever they need? So I think like, let's throw away this notion that video is sacred somehow and that we have to ra- rise up to the standard of Hollywood. We're mm-hmm. not. You just, you know, like today should be better than yesterday. That's the mantra over right. and over. I think we're going to hear in the series. But in your workflow, just like, how do I get a little bit faster? How to make it look a little bit better? You know, mm-hmm. compromise is not a, like, it's not a, bad thing here like if your video is a little like i've seen a couple of andy's videos lately and they're not tripods they're not lit nope. like it's and does that mean andy's a va- bad video producer he was a he was making like if he was making your <laughs> if you're making your wedding videos that way maybe 
Right. right. And I think you're, you're, that's it. Mm-hmm. So I, th- his so, audience would, his audience would hate that. <laughs> you know, his the audience would hate, would hate that. So, so to Dan Nunez, I'd say, look, you know what your audience needs, you know what they want. And, and, and I know, and if it's the Dan Nunez that I know, creator of the screen tramp trophy, like, gotta pull that out. <laughs> oh, man. if it is that Dan Nunez, like, I know what he's capable of, but don't feel beholden to that. Like try things, see, see what your audience responds to. If you're making pottery, you're making statues, you know, like you can push the edge, but know when that's appropriate. And then know when you just need to get your message out. So we could go on all day about that. that. I want to get to, Oh, go ahead. Andy. Sure. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say that kind of perfectionism ends up being what stops you from pressing the damn button, right? Like that's what stops you from doing anything Mm -hmm. because you're like, well, if I can't do it well, then I shouldn't do it at all. And I think that's that's not the point. The point is to get that message out to out there. So, um, yeah, I, and actually, it's funny you said the shaky thing, because I've been intentionally holding my phone for these videos because I'm like, this is something I would never do on our YouTube channel. This is something I might have never done in the past. But like, I'm going to do it a little differently for myself, even, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to get to the next question. Uh, and I apologize. Uh, is it? Kajo Rudzinski, if I've said that wrong, I completely apologize. Uh, But he asked on LinkedIn, where do we usually lose the most time in terms of preparing for recording? Over detailed scripts to create uh, creating unnecessarily accurate before to do lists, not actually having a workflow and improvising each time. So where do you find that that pre-production workflow stuff you're actually kind of overdoing and, and probably overkill to to actually get to the production. Justin looked like you wanted mm. to say something. Yeah, I mean, and again, it's because I think there's so much good stuff that's going to drop in a series about some of these things that get into the nitty gritty from a high level piece of it, though. Um, it, it can go both ways. You can under plan and then get into the edit and now you're just going to be lost in the edit because you maybe shot way too much footage or you rambled way too much on this thing. And so now you're trying to clean up all the mistakes that you could have pre-planned or you get so bogged down kind of in the product in the perfection thing of like trying to get the perfect script and get everything right and get all your lighting and a camera and your all, all that stuff just perfect before you get set up. Um, but I think probably if I were to guess most people under plan and then head into it and then, and then either get lost in the middle of it or aren't able to even finish because they get in the middle and it gets really, really hard because they don't know what the outcome is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm, you know, I've got, my skills are solid in video. They're less solid in writing. And so for me, you know, the first few scripts I shared with the team to edit were probably like lengthy blog posts, like maybe too long for a blog post even. Right. Um, and so having someone edit that helped a ton. Um, but the first thing I could have done would have just been to read it out loud. Am I bored am I showing anything when I'm talking for 10 minutes? Like, is this a visual or is this just me like narrating my own best practices and thoughts? Because video is a visual medium. I mean, when we're splitting it for podcasts, we also want to make sure it's an audible medium, but it's a visual medium. So what am I showing when I'm talking for this long amount of time? Uh, and, and I think that's one of those things that people forget, like there's going to be something on screen. Is it just going to be me reading to the, to the, you know, camera or is there, there's something worth showing here. Cause if not cut it out, it's content that no one's going to see and isn't going to bring value to your project. 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'm I'm going through all your guys' comments. A lot of great comments. <laughs> and, you know, a couple things about uh, making a cinematic film with Camtasia. Uh, probably, probably you could. Not sure, sure that's what you want to do, but you definitely could do that. I don't want to discourage anyone from trying. Um, right. There was another question in here. Again, I'm just trying to get through it, but it's uh, not for live, but for recorded videos. Roger Wells asked another question. He says, single camera versus multiple cameras, advantages, disadvantages. So obviously this gets to, yeah, to Andy, to your, your role <laughs> game. I'm guessing, Justin, have you ever shot a multi-camera video? Never. Okay. So this disadvantage. It's complicated. I'm adding a layer of complication that I, that I can't handle. I'm good with the one for now. And when, when I can master this, I'm gonna get. I'll get on two. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Andy. Man, advantages is the control. Like there's so much you can control when you have multicam and you know your your main speaker makes a weird face. Man, cut away, cut to the second shot. Um, it varies up. We we said it's a visual medium already. Like this varies up what you're looking at. So instead of just staring at one person's face all the time, you can cut away to the next shot. Um, this is where B-roll comes in. We haven't even spoken about B-roll yet, but that's additional footage that kind of supplements what you're talking about. So multicam videos. I love them when I'm doing interviews in particular. Um, disadvantages, now we're talking about file storage because you've got, however, if you did a 45-minute interview with someone and you're shooting at even even HD footage, you know, you may come out of there with a 10-gig project, probably more, but, but um, that's for one camera. So now you've got three of those. Do you have the file storage space for this? Is it an external hard drive? Because that might slow it down too. So there's all these different things that you need to think about, like what kind of gear are you using? And is this really worth doing? Um, for interviews, for me, yes, I, I love it because I think it's it's similar to a live production, which is, you know, my background comes from that as well. Um, and so a live production, you want to be able to cut between your interviewer, interviewee, maybe a two shot of them, maybe a big wide shot. Um, but man, if you're if you're doing an instructional video, one camera and screen recording, <laughs> that to me <laughs> is is enough complication. And even then, I don't think it's a complication. I think it's you know supplemental footage so that you can show what you're talking about and you can be on camera so they have that connection to a person. Um, but man, I it it depends what your project is. Yeah, absolutely. And I was going to add to what you're saying, Andy. Is I think one of the challenges is like if you're doing a screen recording, it's like a second camera, first of all, but also mm -hmm. the, 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 going to the earlier question about, you know, what, where do you caught up in like time spent and kind of overkill? If you're doing multiple cameras, you have to plan like where, yeah. what are the two cameras? What are they focused on? But let me just say, uh, if you want to try the two camera kind of effect and Justin, this is a tip advice for you. You can do this with one camera. You can either set yep. it up twice and do things twice, or if you have a good camera that's got enough kind of, uh, I guess, resolution, if you're shooting 4K, mm -hmm. for instance, and editing at a smaller size, the cool thing is that control you can get is by doing is like, just do with your recording, but then you can cut in so you're like zoomed in, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm way back here, guess what? And then all of a sudden it cut in here, and now it's you're, you're giving yourself those the flexibility to tell the story or the message that you need to tell and cut out a bunch of mistakes without it feeling like, Oh, they just cut out a mistake. Well, that didn't feel very good. Um, yeah. and, but it's, but you've got to plan it. So you're going to add, I don't know, Andy, I don't know how much time we'd have to add, but I think the projects that we've done with multi-camera, it added a significant amount of time, oh, not only in production, pre-production production, and then in editing. Cause Oh, you got to look at all that stuff. Right. Well, in production, it becomes a real 
real challenge because, all right, you've got three cameras. Are you booming the microphones? Do you have lapel microphone? I mean, now we're going to start talking like, do you have lights? Do you have uh, a venue that's not too echoey or not? Like, where are we filming these? So, I mean, you're really, really asking for a lot when you want to do multi-cam edits. I love them. I highly recommend them if you've got the time and energy and reason to do them. Um, but man, I haven't, I haven't done them. You know, we have some text with Academy videos that we did, you know, that were great uh, multi-cam shoots, but they were real intense productions. And we did them intentionally that way because you know, what's nice is then we don't have to have someone live mixing. So, you know, Matt's able to focus on interviewing our guests and uh, the other camera operator and I are focused on that. And then we're also kind of thinking about the edit, but we're not, editing anything we're just letting them talk and having their conversation and then all the work is done in post-production and it is significant it is all right it's significant so uh, i'm just gonna answer this one real quick because i can't get to the chat fast enough to see where it's actually came into the chat uh someone asked what broadcast software we're using here and if it's camtasia it is not camtasia we don't broadcast with camtasia camtasia doesn't go to live uh we're using ecamm and restream to push to multiple places but uh so christian on uh, linkedin there you go uh check them out they're great and actually what i mm -hmm. i find myself doing is taking these the recordings from the live streams and the recordings that we do with our the the workflow series that we're doing, I bring them into Camtasia and I can just, I can easily cut them up in there. So it's, you know, using yep. the right tools for the right purposes. Uh, and, you know, you could use, you could use Zoom or you could do lots of other things. And again, bring those in the Camtasia for that editing purpose, but you'd want to yeah. be thinking about that. You want to kind of plan that out. Let's kind of start looking towards our wrap up gentlemen. And one of the things we wanted to end with today is just, Thinking about mistakes, because we've talked a lot about workflows. We've talked a lot about the challenges of making video. And we all, I think we can all agree that video is awesome. It's got a lot of opportunities to, to really be helpful in whatever your piece of the business is. But we'll start with Justin first. Uh, which, what are the mistakes that you see people getting into video making that you would avoid, warn them about, and maybe give them an advice yeah. to, to counteract? Yeah, I think the biggest mistake, especially for somebody who's not a professional video person like myself, that you get into is skipping on the prep work. Um, and so I like to sort of do the analogy of um, like painting a wall or painting a ceiling, right? Like if you go in and you're trying to just throw on paint, like it'll look good for like five minutes until maybe it's, you know, in a bathroom and you got humidity in there and it starts to peel away when really what you should have done is sand it, prime it, paint it, touch it all up, make it real nice, clean everything up. Like that's, that's all in the prep work. Like the painting is like the last teeny tiny step, um, to, to getting a good, a good end product. And I think the, with that, the biggest thing for me is comes down to the scripting and a big mistake people don't do is they don't script. And even at a just basic, basic level, like creating an outline and, and, and making sure you're on track to the points you're trying to talk about. Um, you know, one example, I was talking with somebody this week and we were talking about, um, creating a feature demo or a software demo and how they requested a video for somebody to get made. And they said, oh, no problem, I can make it, it'll be real quick. Oh, good, I just need a two minute video. Well, it came back and it was a 14 minute video. 
And so, <laughs> and it was just to go over one feature. And so what you think, you know, you can explain in two minutes, especially when you're a knowledge expert on that thing, you will go deeper on it than you think you will. And, and writing a script, even just a very, very basic one will help you get through that stuff without, and keep you on track without rambling on about every nitty gritty thing. And in the end, that will be better for your video and it will be better for your audience. And it seems like even if you're going to spend that time, it's well, time well spent because you're going to then have Absolutely. to spend less time in production. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, Andy, same question to you. Mistakes and yeah. how to avoid them? I, I think, man, Justin's was a good one. Way to, way to start it off, Justin. Um, I, I think one of the mistakes that I made early on, so we're talking 20 years ago now, 2001, I remember uh, it was in college and we were doing a, a nonprofit video and it was one of my first, like I was the editor, right? And we haven't talked about much about editing in this, in these conversations yet. So it's fun to get to talk a little bit about this. But when I had my first review, my professor was in charge of the project uh, for our client and she came back and she looked at it and she goes, what's the matter with you? And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? What's the matter with me? She goes, did you use every transition that we have? Like, how, how many transitions are here? And I was like, I don't know. I thought they were really cool. Like we have these transitions. Shouldn't we use them? And it's, it's such a common mistake. Now, again, transitions are great. They do have a purpose. If I'm, if I'm doing a video for, you know, um, uh, a sheep herding or uh, a dairy farm down the road, then the barn door transition makes sense, right? It, it applies to the video I'm working on. If I'm doing an old Western video, then the star wipe makes sense. But if I'm really just doing uh, a tutorial, then that would pull me out of the video so fast. Like what, what did I just watch go by? Um, so, so really for me, it's, if you want to use a transition, awesome, pick something that either a enhances the video or B at least is, you know, um, what do I want to say? Not continuous, but like something that brings continuity to the video so that you're using it again and again, it's the same one. We know what to expect for me personally. I just like either adding in a, uh, fade to black, a fade to white, uh, sometimes a cross dissolve, not often. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the use of cross dissolves. It can sometimes be a little wonky, um, but really like whatever transitions, whatever effects you bring into your video and post-production shouldn't just be because it's there and it's cool. It should be because it adds to the video. I love it. So now uh, you guys can all send your sheep herding uh, tutorial videos to Andy. <laughs> you can find him on t- LinkedIn and on I'll review Twitter. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's an excellent... Right? It's an excellent point. Uh, and I love that. I love that because it just makes me laugh. Um, but the, I guess the, the mistakes that I think I see, especially people who are brand new to video, and it's kind of similar to the idea of using every transition, Andy, it's they they just try to do too much and they try to dig in so far and make something so grand on their first video. And I'm guilty I mean, of this, <laughs> that they they think they have to they eat the world in a single bite and you don't like You know, and if you've been uh, listening to the podcast or watching the live stream over the last year, you've heard me say like level up, right? It's like you don't go into the world of your video game or to whatever it is that you're doing and just all of a sudden become an expert. So start where you are and grow with where you are. You know, use those things to, to just progressively get better or to do more. You don't have to have this amazing first out of the gate video production for most, like if you're doing a, a training video for your organization, you know, no one's expecting a, a Steven Spielberg Oscar winning performance as a director, f- cinematographer, writer. And if they are, you need to level set with them because that's not realistic for 
99.9.99% of us, right? Like it, it doesn't work. And so I think people try to do too many transitions. They try to do too many cameras. They try to do too much with their audio. They try to do too much with their script. They try, they just, you're just trying to do everything. And if you get, just leave that, let that alone. And I think it goes back to the advice, you know, kind of know your boundaries, know what's good enough and, and, and then progressively push that forward. But like, I think I, I make the mistakes still. So my eyes get too big. I'm like, oh, oh, I want to do that because it's so cool and it's going to be awesome. And, right. you know, we did that. Probably we did that some with the TechSmith Academy when we first started shooting it. We've done it with tutorial mm-hmm. videos mm-hmm. that I've created. We've done it with the, I think even there's been times in the live stream when I'm like, I'm going to do all these things and realizing like, nope, simple <laughs> is better. Oh, I was going to say the one thing too with that is no, that first video you make, you'll, you're probably the only one that will remember it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that first training video or social media video you put out, you know, that you put a lot of time and effort in, um, you know, those things come and go. And so I think even I'm thinking back to when we started this live, Matt, like if we were to go back and watch the first live, there'd probably be like some cringe factor in it. Not because it was like bad, just because we were getting started, right? Like we, yeah. we had never done a live before. And so From I think my house it's that. with bad internet, with no camera, with <laughs> right. At the start right. of the pandemic, right? Like that's when we really started to figure this stuff out. Um, but it's not like anybody's going back. I mean, we, we put so many barriers in our head to actually doing things. Um, you know, when you talk about leveling, leveling, leveling up, it's like, absolutely. Like don't limit yourself and allow yourself to level up and get better as you go. Um, I like the idea. Yeah. Not, not trying to bite the whole thing with, you know, eat the whole thing with one bite. Yeah. Yeah. I, my, uh, my kids, you know, want to make a video. Right. And so, so what's the first thing all kids, for some reason, all kids seem to want to make the same video lately. And it's, I want to make a Lego stop motion video. Maybe it's because they have Legos and they've seen these things exist. And that's a great idea. But you know, when they take like 10 frames and then they're like, okay, I wonder if we've got something yet. And I'm like, guys, let's talk about frame rates. because <laughs> You have one third of a second. <laughs> um, it's, it's a lot of work. And while it's a great idea and it's a great way to start, it discouraged them because they tried to do so much and they thought it was super easy. So now they're like, well, it's too hard. Maybe we can't do it. So, I mean, there's, there's watch tutorials, try, try, you know, cheat little hack ways to do things first before you kind of expand out and do the, the really complicated projects. So I'm just going to say, I actually have on my desktop, my very first, like my first real video. Like I was part of some video projects in like grad school that, you know, I didn't do too much. I, I think I did one in undergrad where I I was more the actor than the editor. I was working with these people that were actually in like film school and I was like the education guy. And they're like, they're like, no, you're not editing this. And they were like serious. Like we're going to edit this so finely. I'm like, whoa, okay. I just, just tell me what you want me to do, but I have it in it. And I've shared this story many times. So I, I hope it's not overkill to repeat it again. It was part of my job application for TechSmith. I had never used Camtasia before. Don't, <laughs> they didn't need to know. <laughs> and they asked me to make a tutorial video, which I had never done before. Like I'd written instructions and training and stuff like that, but I'd never made a tutorial video. And I haven't, and I keep it. And every so often, I dare to break it out and watch it and remember how far I have come. And how bad it really was. And some of the tropes I fell into and some of the challenges it had. Like, I remember the internet, like, I remember the saying, like, hey, we need to make a video and you got a week to do it. And I'm like, and we still do this as part of our hiring process, right? Like for for people in those Mm -hmm. types of roles. 
I went to Best Buy in 2006 and bought the cheapest microphone I could find because I didn't have any money. You know, we're yeah. like, here's a, you know, young, poor family, like trying to just make my way through the world. And I bought this like weird looking desktop microphone that was terrible, but I made a video. And then I said, okay, I hope they like that. But you know what? What they don't know is all my justifications. And I made a second video and I have that video. It is my commentary video that is about twice or so longer. And I documented for them like all the decisions, <laughs> like director commentary. And I, I think my cleverness is probably what helped because the video is not good. Like it's not <laughs> right. good. But, you know, if I was to make that same video today, you know, like no way would I get hired a TechSmith. But I think the, 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 the piece to remember is that you guys are making your videos. Keep, your, keep one of those early videos around, not because it's yeah. good, but just to say like, oh, yeah, that's where I was. Because there's no other real good way to measure progression other than to see like where you've come from and what you were capable of. And I'll be honest, I thought it was my I thought it was amazing at the time because I mean, I was serious. That was going to get me the job. That video right. was the key that unlocked the door. And it must have been good enough, but it really isn't good, especially by today's standard. And that's the other thing I, I think we got to be careful about is, you know, the video style type things that were true about video in 2006 are way different in 2021. And just be aware, right. be aware of the styles and yeah. standards and things that, you know, are true today. Well, and I was going to say, too, it reminds me, you know, there was uh, I was in an organization for a while of uh, a bunch of filmmakers. And uh, and this was in like 2010, 11. And we had a, a wide range of people. And, and some of them were new in video and some of them been in video for 30 years. Uh, and I'll tell you what, at one point I was like, man, 30 years. I, I Are you still keeping up? Do you have like modern? And they were these guys were like cutting edge stuff because they stayed you know, in line with everything that changed. But for those of us that dig our heels in, and I say us because I've been there before and I'm, you know, you mentioned earlier vertical video. It's like, we're just leaving ourselves behind because whether it's, vert whether it's vertical video or whether it's square video or, you know, changing the type of camera. Like I said, I'm on a DSLR, you know, 13 years ago, DSLRs didn't record, you know, videos. Um, be willing to to change your mind about things and and try different different ways of of making them. Because otherwise, like our whole our whole podcast series is going to be extremely dated soon if we're just like, nope, this is how you do it. No, it's not how you do it. Try your best. Try something different. Mix it up. If yeah, that didn't and, work, try something I, else. And I think you. I mean, we. One of the fun things for me too with this whole series is trying to get people to actually make videos. Like I want to make it easier for people to mm -hmm. make videos. That's why I wanted to have this whole video workflow series to begin with was because I wanted to be able to create something that would be um, interesting and inspiring, but actually like allow people to get a plan and uh, create a little bit of a playbook for themselves to be able to make some because I mean, it feels like video is oversaturated and everybody's doing video and video is the thing. The vast majority of people I talk to are not making videos. The vast majority of people, whether it's internal for communicating with other people or it's external to communicate with their audiences. Um, video is still um, a big barrier for a lot of people, but it's also a huge level up opportunity. If you want to do better in your organization, you create videos to share with other people. If you want to do better in your marketing, you can share videos to talk about your products. If you want to do better in customer support, you can make videos to help your, you know, your customers solve those things. So 
you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. The barrier has really been dropped. And I think um, that is the, the biggest thing that I would say based off of this. Awesome. Well, I think that about does it for time. We should probably wrap things up. We want to thank everybody for tuning in today and joining us. Some great questions, a great chatter in the in the comments. Check out the new series. I did just drop the link to the series so you can go watch up to the, I think what we got five episodes we've dropped today. If you want to watch it right now, you can go out there to techsmith.com slash video dash workflow.html. Or you can just, if you just subscribe to the podcast, it's going to be part of the Visual Lounge podcast feed. So you don't have to do anything different if you're already subscribed on your favorite podcast platform. The other thing I'll say, you know, if you're liking the content, leave feedback, like us, subscribe, do those things that we know that this is worth your time and worth our time to continue. But you guys are awesome. We appreciate our audience so much. And we'll just end on this with you guys with me today. Uh, if there's anything that you guys can do to get better, it's to keep practicing. Take whatever you know today and level up and get a little bit better tomorrow. And that way you're gonna make the best video possible. We wanna thank everybody once again, and we will see you all next time.